I'm Sir Evans, and welcome to some real life morning motivation. Because no one wakes up in the morning and says, I hope I have a bad day. My desire is to empower and inspire your daily endeavors. Because you can do whatever you set your mind to. The question is, what do you want to do? Whether you're still finding your passion, pursuing it, or living it, motivation is a daily requirement for your success. So here's your morning motivation. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Surreal Life Morning Motivation Podcast Show. I'm your host today. I'm back again, Sir Evans, and I thank you for joining me today. Um, blessed to be here. Always blessed to be here. I am annoyingly optimistic, y'all, um, and it did not come without a cost. I think going into this winter season, this is a year, almost a year plus since the pandemic hit. And I don't know when you're listening to this, we might be long gone out or we might be into the zombie apocalypse. And either way, you still need some morning motivation. Even the zombies need it. (laughs) But you know what? Um... I was excited um, a couple of months ago. My church, they were considering opening back up. This is before, you know, Spike had hit again. And I was excited about that. You know, I'm excited because one of the things that I truly miss, and I don't think I took it for granted, um, but I truly miss that community. I miss being able to meet up. You know, I I took it for granted from a personal standpoint. But I was very engaged with like life groups and really just being in a community to be able to discuss the word of God and discuss those things. And I got to do a better job personally. My boy's been getting on me. Some of my homegirls have been getting on me saying, "Her, sir, you're unavailable. And I'm going to do better, y'all. I promise. I'm going to do better. But I miss that setting because um, I just miss it. And just being able to restore that spiritual component. There are things that we can do to strengthen ourselves mentally and emotionally. But one of the best tools for strengthening strengthening ourselves, not only spiritually, but mentally also, is to be in community. And I don't know why, but as I was sitting down to do this, <laughs> this quote came to my head. And I, I hear it all the time um, when you when you're in church or when you uh, watch like the online sermons and they say, when I die, I want to hear the Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now I'm sure you've heard that. And if you haven't, you heard it now, you know, it's, it's in the scripture and good job, my good and faithful servant. You know, when you get to heaven, this is what you'll hear. And as I was sitting down, I was thinking about it. It, it, it ties into the topic But I was thinking, what if God said, good job, my good and faithful servant. You, you know, you, you surprised me. You really surprised me because you was more like everybody else. And I really anticipated you were a great clone, like uh, hats off to you. The way that you mimicked your friends and the way that you cloned your environment and didn't blink or change a thing. Ah, 
I couldn't have written it better myself. Oh, I did write it. <laughs> I'm sure God is. <laughs> I'm sure God's not going to say that. But it ties into the morning motivation topic because of that exact reason. Morning motivation topic and the topic of today is how to fail miserably. I love the title, How to Fail Miserably, and I want to spend a little time sharing with you a surefire way that you can fail miserably in life. Take it for what it's worth. I would probably take it against it and go the opposite direction of this, but if you don't know what direction it is, you never know which way you're supposed to be running. So today's episode, How to Fail Miserably, brought to you by another Morning Motivation that you guys selected. Morning Motivation is a text thread that I have been sending out since 2016 to people all across the country. It is growing every day, and I thank you for that. I am simply a conduit for the messages. Um, You can subscribe by texting Motivate Me to 31996. Once again, text motivate me to 31996. I will add you to the list and the messages are derived from those that you guys want to hear more about or have more questions on. So without further ado, let's get into today's morning motivation. Picture this. Why weren't you as ambitious as your neighbor? They really made me proud. Why weren't you more ambitious like your family members or more successful than your mentors? They have a special place in my heart. Why didn't you do a better job of striving to be like the other people I created? They had so much to mimic that I didn't give you, (laughs) specifically. I was really hoping that you took more from them. Why weren't you a better clone? These are all things that I don't think God would say to you in your last days. However, I do think that an important question would be, why were you not more like I uniquely created you to be? Despite being uniquely designed, oftentimes we allow our free will to put us in situations of captivity and conformity. Too often, we invest more energy into being something or someone else other than what we were created to be. As the days roll by, and there will undoubtedly become more road behind us than ahead, your destiny will ultimately be fulfilled one way or another, but your purpose will not be unless you are in tune with your unique identity. Being a copy, being a copy, conforming, blending in, or simply settling are all a lot easier than fighting to be what you were purposely designed to be. How to fail miserably. This is so interesting because none of us knows what it looks like when we die we have scriptures that kind of give us a foreshadowing but no one has 
seen the afterlife and lived to talk about it. Only one, but it ain't none of you. None of us have seen the afterlife and lived to talk about it. So when we paint these conversations with a heavenly father, why weren't you? There's a lot of things that God could say. And there's a lot of things that I feel like God will say. But one of the things that I don't think I have to worry about God saying is why weren't you a better clone of the people I created? I could even hear God say, why weren't you a better reflection of me? But I don't hear him saying, why weren't you a better uh, reflection of everybody else that I created? Just me. So, one of the surefire ways and the way to fail miserably is to be like every single person around you. That's it. How to fail miserably. So, let's kind of dive into that a little bit. First of all, one of the things that forces or breeds that conformity, breeds copying, breeds blending, and settling is, in my opinion, a fear of failure. It's a fear of stepping out into who you are. It's a fear of being authentic, uniquely you. So how do you handle fear? I mean, how do you handle failure? Failure is, first of all, it's based upon perception. Failure is based upon what the perception of failure is. And for me, I don't really subscribe to failure. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm saying I don't subscribe to failure first. For me, it's more of a temporary defeat. Now, in order to kind of dissect that a little more, we have to understand and define those differences, right? Because failure is a lack of success, flat out. Google it. In so many words, failure is a lack of success, right? But you can't stop there. You can't stop at it's a lack of success without also breaking down what success is to each of us. So, for example, knowledge, experience, those are successes to me. If I'm nitpicking, if I got to go, you know what I mean? If I got to go low, even though that could be a high picking berry fruit too, but knowledge gained and experience gained can still be considered success in my eyes. And that's truly all that matters. So even in your own life, I'm not saying that's all that matters in your life, but in your life, what is success to you? Because that failure being a lack of success before it can even be deemed failure if you're subscribing to that you have to also identify what success is but we also have to for the sake of this clarity we have to also identify what is defeat and defeat is something one defeat is when something has won victory over you now I can buy that 
I can still have success in the face of defeat. I can still be successful even if something has won a victory over me. That's that's that I can do. Because even if I'm looking at it from a from a use the same examples from a success standpoint where I'm saying even at at minimum I know I'm going to gain knowledge from a defeat. I know that I can gain knowledge and experience. I can I can even gain that from failure. The reason I don't subscribe to that concept cuz it's just the wording. It's just that simple and I like defeat better. I like the concept of it, but that does not mean that both of them don't occur. But when I look at that definition of failure is a lack of success, well, I can't necessarily deem something as always being a failure if I didn't win when I still got some type of success out of it. It's more of a defeat. You get what I'm saying? So one of the best tips to handle fear and one of the best tips that I learned from my college professor, Gene Poor, shouts out to Gene Poor, fail faster. And he didn't coin the phrase or create the phrase, but he sure did bring it to the forefront of a, of a young black man such as myself to hear, and especially as someone who's always been a perfectionist in his craft. Fail faster, be defeated sooner so that you can learn from it, right? Mike Tyson had this famous quote he was getting ready for a fight I can't remember who he's about to fight but he was getting ready for this fight and you know the the commentator he was talking about yeah you know he says he's he's prepared for this in the fight and how he's going to do this to you and do this and do that and do this and to the commentator asked Mike Tyson he said what do you have to say about that Mike and Mike says everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth simple enough everybody got a plan until they get punched in the mouth you got a plan until you get jaywalked you got a plan everybody got a surefire plan for success until they hit some turbulence bumps bruises crashes detours punches uppercuts jabs and hooks everybody's got a plan but the thing about it is you learn how to take a punch from getting a punch you learn how to avoid it, you learn how to dodge it, you learn how to handle it, and you once again, you learn how to take it. However, until you get punched in your mouth, how will you ever know how to handle it? How will you ever know how to regroup? Some of y'all done probably made it your whole life without getting punched in the mouth, and that's good. That's good. That's good. You're probably even at a certain age where you'd be like, there's no reason why I would ever have to be punched in the mouth. But I can almost guarantee if you've never been punched in the mouth, you've probably had some type of punch in your life. So you're not exempt. You've still suffered from a sucker punch. <laughs> but the point of the matter is that we're able to learn from these situations. And until we learn from these situations, we'll never truly understand and know how to navigate those situations you might know how to navigate them for the season that you've beat that you're without blemish you're without a blow but what happens in that season where you finally take a hit and this this happens a lot for you know younger people and i'm, I'm always 
I'm always a little I was even like this with my with my nieces but um there's always that point in life and a lot of people who might be on fire for the Lord but you run into these situations where life hasn't really grabbed you by the back of your collar and punched you in your stomach but until then it's mostly daisies it's mostly roses everything is good i got a i got a means and an approach for life i know how i'm going to get through this i know how i'm going to handle this if this occurs until life snatches you up and punches you and now you have to readjust because i wasn't expecting that i didn't know it's gonna feel like that but once you know how it feels, you now know how to equip for it. I remember my math professor um, when I was in college. One of the classes, always oh, it was rough. And on top of that, it was a summer class. I can't remember what math it was. It's like one of those high I need is to graduate from psychology type classes. And I was having the hardest time with it. And it's summer, so it's accelerated. And I remember like my first exam, I maybe the no, probably the first exam, first test, maybe first uh first test and first quiz, I'm getting like a D and F. The first F, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I don't know what the hell went wrong, but you probably just wouldn't pay attention. You didn't study. I'm guessing at it at this point. I'm like, you 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 just came in here and thought you was about to just do whatever you wanted to do. The second one, I got a D, and I'm starting to apply a little pressure, but I'm still not really studying. I'm really still not paying attention. I didn't even review the past test to see where I went wrong. So after that second one, I went to go see my professor. If you're in school, you think about going to school. One of my best pieces of advice for you is go see your professor. This is unrelated, but this is just beneficial because you're now more than just a number in the crowd. You're more than just a face in there. You now are set aside. So now they can put a face with the person in their class. It also shows that you care. Also, don't hesitate to invite your your your, your uh, professor out to lunch. Networking. It'll teach you. Anyways, but when I was in there and I'm sitting here talking to my professor He's now walking me through this. He's now explaining to me how I was defeated. Why I got an F on that test. And he was able to kind of ask me, well, how are you doing this? Let me let me see how you're coming to these answers. And he says, ah, okay, well, this, 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 this. And as I'm going through these failures, as I'm going through these defeats, as I'm going through these these poor grades, I'm now spending more time um, learning from my failures. And with that, learning from failure requires you to care about it, right? Because if I didn't care about getting those Fs, I would have just kept on rolling. I wouldn't even care. So first of all, learning from failure requires you to care about what you're failing at Hence, the knowledge makes you better. So being able to learn from those situations and approaching those failures with confidence. And that's what's helpful. Being able to approach those with that confidence. And now I'm learning from what I wasn't that good at. Now I'm learning from areas that I was gray at that I'm be able to come sharper in. So now I'm becoming better as a result of those defeats another way that 
can be helpful when it comes to handling fear is to approach it with the same confidence as you would approach victory. The outcome is only different at the end, not before. Like, you don't know that you failed until afterwards, right? What did my sociology teacher used to always say? She used to always say something along the lines of, um, don't skip. I've heard this twice. I think I was taking like a real estate exam or something like that. But they said, don't skip an answer, right? Don't leave it blank. Because even if you guess, you have a higher chance of getting it right. And also, don't spend too much time thinking about it, right? Don't overthink the situation. Because when you second guess the situation, it lowers your probability of getting the right answer. So approach it with a sense of victory. Because if you approach it from a sense of doubt or a sense of failure already, you're more than likely going to fail before you even attempt. And premeditated failure is the kryptonite for success. Like premeditating your downfall before you even attempt to walk is already a precursor for not gaining the success that you were looking for. We have to be able to approach that failure with faith and faith from two different perspectives, right? So faith that it will work, but then also the faith that you're facing that specific situation for a reason. And then you must be on guard to catch that reason when it comes. And that's why the whole concept of the fear versus defeat, I don't really subscribe to because even when I go into a situation where I might have that faith that this is going to work and it doesn't work out the way that I wanted it to work out. It still worked out the way that God intended it to work out. And it's up to me to be able to recognize what that is so that I can learn from that and be able to apply that. Because if I don't, nine times out of 10, I'll be re-seeing that situation. A lot of the times we think that we don't retake tests in life. Sure you do. You retake the test you're going to retake that test. You're going to retake that test because you didn't get it right the last time. And that's just how it works. So when it comes to that faith component, yes, you can have faith in your goals, but ultimately um, my faith lies in the one who allows me to even have faith, right? And God is always available, but we're not always available. Therefore, faith is always available, even if your belief is not. And in order to know exactly what God's purpose is for you, it will require for you to have some type of relationship with God. And the deeper your relationship, the better is your understanding is of that purpose, right? You can even look at your own upbringing, like your own childhood with your parents right we always say parents are harsh parents don't understand parents are this that and the third but the more that we understand our parents and a lot of times it's not until we're an adult or until we are with our own children that we have a better understanding of why our parents were the way that they are but it's that deeper relationship that was forged that allowed us to be able to understand our parents more in-depthly and the same thing applies with God 
The deeper that relationship is, the better we can understand. And what you want is not always entirely different from God's vision. However, your sight can taint your venture, you know, due to outside factors, your environment, your community, those that you hang around. They will cast their sights for your life into your life versus the vision that God has cast into your life. And now you've got now you've got um, now the water's tainted. Now you now you have some tainted water. Yeah, it's still drinkable, but it's tainted. It's not pure as it once was. It's not even as clear as it once was. Therefore, you might not even be able to see your way through it, depending on just how dirty the water then got. So don't always think that your vision is not in alignment. Because most of the times it is. We just have to be able to make sure that we are building that relationship so that we can see what is and what isn't. Right? So... When it comes to those toxic toxicities in the water, um, one of the questions I was asked was, how do you avoid these toxic people? Well, first of all, um, limiting your amount of toxic and toxic people will require establishing boundaries out the gate. You got to have some boundaries regardless, regarding what you stand for, what you represent and where you're going. Without boundaries, anything can get in. This is the re without boundaries and your without boundaries, anything can get in period. Like this is why we have, um, this is why you put lids on your food. This is why you put a cap on your water. This is why we do all of these things. And we put boundaries and caps over things that we don't want outside factors to impact. So how could you imagine that you might be able to get through life without putting any on yours it's kind of silly when you really think about it right so you have to be able to put those boundaries up out the gate like that's just common 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 sense you know which is not so common because common sense is not common which i've learned in life but Another thing that a lot of times we lose sight of, which is a lot of people saying no bad energy this year or um, none of them squares in my circle, all the, all the catchy phrases that people use. Some toxic people are inevitable. Like just, just simply put, some toxic people are inevitable. Therefore, we must be mindful of the lesson that we're meant to receive when we encounter these type of people. These, encounter, these encounters are meant to expose us to more of ourselves and they help to mold and develop us. One thing I always, I, not always, but one thing I started asking in my prayer life years ago was not for, especially before I met my wife, when I was kind of in a dating phase, I stopped asking God, is this the one? I was asking God, what do you want? Why are they in my life and what do you want me to get from this? And I would ask that even when I felt frustrated by someone like, and that's what we're talking about in this regard for toxic and how to avoid toxic people. What are they in my life for? God, show me, show me what do what you want me to not necessarily remove them um, because he might remove them before they were meant to give me a lesson. But what is this person in my life for? Like, show me that illuminate that for me. That's what I want. 
And when it comes to those, because you can't avoid all toxic people. Your life wasn't designed for that. You've learned some of your greatest lessons from drinking stuff you wasn't supposed to be drinking. Being around people you wasn't supposed to be around. You know, and that would be cool if we were perfect beings, then you wouldn't have to worry about that. But since we are imperfect and since we do learn from trial and error, don't expect to mosey wosey through life avoiding all toxic people. It's not going to happen. But you should keep your eyes and mind open for what you're supposed to learn from these toxic people. One way to also be mindful of limiting the toxic people is by knowing what you were designed to be. You were designed to serve. If you look around, everything on God's earth serves a purpose. However, we often think we should be served far more than we serve. We're the only ones. Humans being at the top of the totem pole, so of course we got an ego issue. We, most of the times, until you are aware that you're here to serve, don't know what your purpose is and don't know and want to be served all the time. For those who might be struggling with what your purpose is, just a little off of the beaten path, you're here to serve. How can you serve? What is your passion's talents? Your talents lies in serving. serving. So how can, what gifts do you have that you can give to others? that can be served how can you serve what that's what you were designed to do and the thing about it is that in the circle of life everything is still serving everything is still served in order to serve one another that's that's what's so fascinating about god's creation everything is still being served in order to serve something else perfect example the birds and flowers the bird is serving the, the bird is being served the flower is being served we're being served the trees oxygen uh the bird like everything is being served everything has its purpose but for us we seem to think that being at the top of the pole we don't have to serve we can just get served and that kind of messes up the whole flow of the whole kid and caboodle and these things we're the only ones who have a choice in how we serve and that's a gift you know but the thing about it is especially when it deals with our purpose and um being able to identify that i do believe god has a purpose however i do believe that we can miss our intended blessings and this is a conundrum for me and I'm gonna I'm gonna share why this is a bit of a conundrum because for example I used to play this game when I was a kid called Final Fantasy 7 if you ever played a role-playing game and just to keep it simple because I know everybody's probably played Mario Brothers or Sonic the Hedgehog right but with Final Fantasy you would go through the game and it's a role-playing game where you go through the game and there would be different stages or different rooms that would be locked off or even real simple you could be walking down the street and go to the left in this alley and get like some treasure get like a weapon that can help you or you can keep walking getting through the game and go on without it however 
you can still beat the game without those additional add-ons but the game would have been easier and it probably would have been more enjoyable if you had those additional tools Mario you could be going through Mario jump up there hit them bricks knock that mushroom loose and now you big Mario or now you fire spitting Mario or you could just be running through and now you get through the board a little faster but here go the thing too even from the Mario example let's say you don't hit the mushroom and you running down the game and you run into a monster the monster hits you and you little Mario you're gonna die without getting hit twice versus if you would hate the mushroom you'd have been big Mario you'd have been hit twice before you died that's the way I feel like purpose works in life right now ultimately God has a vision has a purpose for us but I do think that it's possible for us to miss out on some of the blessings that are for us if we're not for them like if we're not looking if we're not attentive if we're doing this if we're doing that if we are striving to be more like somebody else than we're designed to be uniquely who we are then there are blessings that we will miss out on and we've seen this even from like biblical history that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that blessing is not on you that does not even mean that God will not look out for you there's just some things that you're just not gonna get the prime example is Moses Moses was told through the whole time lead my people to the promised land lead my people to the promised land Moses did the wrong thing with that rock and he never got to go into the promised land now here's where my conundrum lies because destiny fulfilled Moses didn't end up in the promised land but so it's like the chicken or the egg but it's like okay Moses didn't make it to the promised land but was he ever truly quote-unquote intended to go into the promised land if he didn't like was his purpose ever to go into the promised land or was that just a blessing he did not receive in which we could easily say well God told him he was gonna go to the promised land but since he did not obey he did not make it into the promised land so with Moses did he ought was that ultimately his purpose or was that a redefined purpose and I think even just saying it out loud I'm still gonna stick with my original concept of your destiny can be rewritten but ultimately there are some things that I feel like we are highly capable of missing out on on the road especially if we're not listening especially if we are afraid especially if we are conforming to something other than what we were intended to be so homework assignment ladies and gentlemen homework assignment how are you building your relationship because in order to understand who you are uniquely you have to build not only a relationship with yourself internally mentally physically spiritually emotionally you have to build that relationship with your creator how are you building that relationship what tools are you using what methods are you using because ultimately you are a spiritual being in a physical body with emotional characteristics mental characteristics as well you are not simply the physical 
So we have to move accordingly. And we have to lead out of those areas accordingly. So if you want to fail miserably in life, just don't be yourself. Just do what every single person on God's green earth is doing it and do it just like them. But if you want to be successful, strive at being who you were uniquely designed to be because nobody can do what you can do the way that you can do it. So until the next time, y'all, I am getting out of here. I got to get my day rolling. Get this party on the road. I'm your host for the day and your host as always, Sir Evans, signing off. Salute. Until the next time. Stay blessed, y'all. I'm Sir Evans, and you've been listening to Surreal Life, Morning Motivation. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Feel free to subscribe, rate, and review this episode. And join me next week for Surreal Life, Morning Motivation. Thank you for listening. Salute.